The Gator Men's Basketball Podcast is on the air from the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida. It's the next generation of Gator sports media personalities bringing you the latest in Gator sports, courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's your Gators Men's Basketball Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Gator Men's Basketball Podcast on the Orange and Blue Sports Network. My name is Nick Diaz alongside my co-host Cooper Bates. We're just going to dive right in. Florida coming off a important SEC win against the Missouri Tigers, 83-74 at home. Florida moves to 20-8 on the year, 10-5 in conference play. They're currently in a four-way tie for that fourth spot in the SEC, SEC tournament, tied with Auburn and Kentucky. Cooper, that game against Missouri was closer than a lot of people would have liked. Gators only win by nine against a Missouri team that is 0-15 in the conference, 8-20 and overall. What are some things you liked and some things you thought Florida could have done better in that game? Um, I would just say the main takeaway is um, Tyree Samuel scoring 28. We know that as the season's gone on that the identity of this team is in its backcourt with, with Pullen and Clayton, and it was nice to see Samuel, even though – we know he's cap- He's a very capable scorer. He plays really strong on the inside. Um, to see him have a game where he just totally dominated, he went 12 of 16 from the field. Wasn't great from the line, only going 4 of 7, but to have a double-double, 28 points and 10 rebounds, in a game that Walter Clayton fouled out in with 14 minutes left in the second half, he picks up the foul and then gets teed up after picking up his fourth foul, and since technical fouls count, as personal fouls in college basketball, that ended up being his fifth foul, and he was forced to sit with 14 minutes to go in the second half. So we saw Missouri go on a little bit of a run after that. The offense got a little bit stagnant for Florida. I think possibly Florida was a little bit rattled with just having Clayton off the floor. He's been such a staple in this team, and he's played so many minutes recently, especially even in a game like Alabama where Poland and Clayton were playing over 40 minutes. I think they might have felt like they lost some of that security and some of that explosiveness in the backcourt. Just a guy that can go get you a bucket and create for so many other guys on the floor as well. So you could see that Florida kind of looked rattled, yeah. And Missouri got it down to a one-point game pretty late into the second half. And then fortunately the Gators just made enough shots, pretty much weathered the storm. They never lost the lead in the second half. Um, they out-rebounded Missouri. That's what this Florida team has been known for outside of really the revelation of Pullen and Clayton in the backcourt has been the fact that they just have dominated teams on the glass. So if you're Todd Golden, you like seeing that because that's always going to give you a chance to win. If you're getting second chances to score, especially in college basketball when – Guys aren't as good as shooters as they obviously are at the pro level, so the more chances you can get to score just at any level, the better. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to see how this Florida team, they've, they've faced a lot of different situations in each game this year. We've seen them have games where they're down by 10 or more and they're forced to come back, like on the road against Kentucky where 
it seemed like they were out of it pretty much all game, and then they go on a run at the end and pretty much steal that one. We've seen them blow leads where they're up 20 and they have a big cushion, and then slowly but surely the other team just climbs back in it, force, maybe forces the game into OT. And we've seen them lose games doing that. We've seen them blow leads and then come back and win the game. And then we've, we've, we've seen games like this where a team, even though Florida didn't have quite as big of a lead as, as 20 points in this one, Missouri just Missouri was gritty, and even though they're 0 15 in conference, they they've been a they've been a lot more competitive than I think that that record says. They have good players. They just haven't really been able to close games and haven't found a way to get it done. Vanover for them, the guys seven four, just he was causing problems. Even though he can't really guard anyone on the perimeter, just you put that guy under the rim, and he's going to cause problems for your guards and make things a lot easier. Because then you have someone at the paint in the paint that you know will be there to protect you. If if you're a Missouri defender, if someone blows by you, you know that you have that help on the backside and it's a 7-5 guy probably going to be able to alter the shot. And if not, they pull up for a mid-range and you're there to contest. So as a defender, it makes life a lot easier when you have a guy like that at the rim. And it definitely bothered Florida in this one. They shot well from the field, but... Teams have just Missouri did the same thing. They went zone and they got back in it. We've seen that same thing happen against teams like LSU, um, and so it's it's going to be something to to keep an eye on going forward. Um, Florida tends to get off to pretty good starts, and then as the game goes along, and then you, we get into the second half, we've seen teams multiple times now go into a zone, try something different, and it's worked. And so, like I said, Florida's seen a lot of different situations so if you're Todd Golden as a coach that's exactly what you want to see because even though you you have to make the tournament first as it is you have to win the games if you can win games and and basically be taught different lessons while doing it to where you can peak at the right time in March then that's pretty much what you want as a coach and Florida's been peaking at the right time for the last eight, nine, ten games, and they're as high as it's six, seven seed, and according to some bracket experts. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much the the main takeaways from that one. Yeah, Florida will be currently they're locked into their twenty third postseason appearance in the tournament uh, in their history. They went back to back oh five oh six oh six oh seven under head coach Billy Donovan. Those are some legendary years for Florida and just going back to that Missouri game we spoke about Florida tending to have trouble closing out games what's been constant is their ability to win the games they're supposed to win you talked about that zone defense really reminds me of the Texas A&M game that game Florida dominated the first half dominated most of the second half and as soon as Texas A&M brought out that zone Florida had no way to really score Something I also want to look at, Cooper, is looking at these minutes. We spoke in the Alabama game just last week about some of Florida's starters playing over 35 minutes, over 30 minutes, really. Pullen played 37 minutes in this one. Richard played 34. Samuel played 32. And Clayton, before he was... Uh, essentially before he fouled out, he was on pace to play well over 30 as well. Contributions from the bench, 
five points total from and and the most coming from Riley Kugel with three after he played well under five minutes in the last game against Vanderbilt. So it's an interesting thing to look at from a coaching aspect where if you're Coach Golden, is he looking at what type of small small eight-man rotation is he going to put out in March, or is this just a rotation that comes out in certain matchups? We spoke about the rim protectors for Missouri, maybe against taller teams like Alabama, against Tennessee. Are we going to see that? But very interesting to see those type of minutes and type of contributions from a bench that has contributed really well, especially from the likes of Alex Condon, Kugel at certain times. Very weird to see that type of rotation and those type of contributions in a game against the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, um, that 83 points to me is pretty much right where the Gators should be. I mean, that's that's a good amount of points in college basketball, even though this Gators team has proven that they're not great defensively and teams can score above 83 on them. The way I see it, you got 28 from Tyree Samuel. You're not going to get 28 from Tyree Samuel every game, but you're also not going to get one point from Condon, zero from How. You got, I mean, to get five points off the bench, we know Kugel can have games where he only scores three. We know he can have games where he scores 20. But to have one point combined between Hauk and Condon, that's not normal. Will Richard only went one for nine in this one and ended with four points. We know he can get it going. He's just a little bit streaky from the outside. Um, we've we've heard Todd Golden talk about Zion Pullen and how his contribution has really led to where this team is now. And he's just so consistent. You see him in this one going 6 for 11, 4 or 5 from 3, scoring 21 points. Um, I think for him to go 4 or 5 from 3, especially after Missouri went zone, was big for the confidence of the team offensively because Clayton was having a good game before he got fouled out too. And he finished with 13 with 14 minutes left in the second half. He probably would have been well on his way to 20. And, and so when a score like that is – forced to go to the bench after fouling out and then shots aren't going in and like we said Missouri went 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 zone defensively and uh we've seen Aberdeen play a little bit more recently than probably what we're accustomed to there was there was a phase in SEC play where he wasn't really getting in the game at all and now we're seeing that they're really trying to feature him he didn't quite play as many minutes in this one but I, I think that's more of a defensive strategy. I think they like him as an on-ball defender, guarding pick and rolls, and he's he's long, he's lengthy, and so I think they just they like him defensively. He hasn't really brought a lot to the table offensively. Um, him and Kugel's games are much different, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how those minutes have changed. Kugel ended up playing more than this one, more than this one, but. Aberdeen got more minutes in the last game so it's it's interesting to see that disparity and like you were saying I I don't really know if this is just a sign of what this game held itself or this is a sign of things to come in March and you know we may not see Aberdeen at all in March or they're just they're just trying some things I don't know it's it's interesting but 
the Gators end up winning by nine, and they did they did what they needed to do at home after the Alabama loss. It would have been, I wouldn't say devastating, but it definitely would have been a step back to come back home against the two worst records in the SEC in Missouri and Vanderbilt and potentially lay an egg and lose one of those games at home. So the Gators have done what they've – they did what they've done all year, beating teams that they should beat, and they took care of business at home, and now they're, they're pretty much a lock for the tournament. They're up, they're up to 20 wins now. That's pretty much right where you want to be. They hit the 20-win mark before they hit the, the double-digit loss mark, and typically that's good enough to make the tournament in college basketball. So especially with some of the wins that Florida's been able to rack up um, in the last month or so, but, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's good to see though, that this team is able to beat you in a lot of different ways because you don't know who's going to have a big game. We, we've now seen Tyree Samuel is capable of basically scoring 30 and 10. There's games where Will Richard, he didn't play well in this one, but there's games where he can hit about five or six threes and he can beat you. Han Logden had a big game against Georgia, had like 20 and 15, and then we know what Clayton and Poland are capable of. We saw Halk at Georgia have 17 points off the bench. We've seen Alex Condon be consistent. Kugel, we've seen have 20 against Auburn. There's there's just danger everywhere as an opponent on this, if you're looking at this Gator roster. So I think coming into March, that's, that's really what you're looking for is just only a couple of those guys have to play well in order to give you a chance to win against pretty much any team. And so the way I see it is the fact that Florida, with almost zero contribution from the bench, still was able to handle Missouri in this game, even though they are 0-15 in the SEC. The fact that pretty much no one contributed on the bench and they were pretty much able to get everything from the guys in the starting five is just telling of how dangerous this Florida team can be. Yeah, and quickly going back to that, that game earlier in the week against Vanderbilt, Florida got the win 77-64 coming off that overtime loss to Alabama. Speaking of Will Richard, he had a great game, 21 points on 7-13 shooting. He's shown that he's been capable of, of kind of exploding in some games. And now looking forward to arguably the most important game left on the schedule, Florida will take on the 18th-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks at 12 p.m. tomorrow. That is a huge game for Florida on the road. South Carolina is currently third in the SEC, separated by one game. So Florida, with a win, could potentially move into that third slot. Me and Cooper don't exactly know how the tiebreakers work uh, in terms of the SEC rankings, we've speculated it's been on overall record, but there's no confirmation of that, so we'll have to see. But going against this South Carolina team that has been exceptional on defense, allowing 65.3 points per game, and Florida is a high-powered offense, but they have run into trouble against defenses that have been able to slow them down in forms of zone, in forms of being more physical. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the rotation is for Florida, how many minutes Kugel gets, how many minutes Condon gets. I think you'd expect him to play over 15, I would assume, as he's played well over that in big games. 
And it's going to be an important game for Florida to really show what they're made of, especially on the road, Cooper. Yeah. Um, South Carolina's coming off of two road wins now, so they're coming back home with some momentum. It's going to be – they're not the same team as Alabama at all because Alabama lets pretty much anyone score on them. As we saw, they go and play Kentucky on the road, and Kentucky scores 117. So it's a much different team identity than Alabama, but it's in terms of an environment, it's going to be a lot of the same. It's going to be a really hard place to win. And when we just look at all the best teams in the SEC, and this goes for most teams in college basketball in itself just because – Winning on the road is so tough. Tennessee leading the SEC right now, 14-1 and at home. Alabama at home, 13-1. and South Carolina, 13-2. and Florida, 13-1. and So, it's just, yeah, Auburn, 13-1. and Surprisingly, one of the, the top teams that doesn't have as good of a home record is Kentucky, and everyone knows how hard it is to win at Rupp. They had that three-game losing streak there. Um, but... It's just it, it's going to be a game that Florida's going to have to go steal, and that's really what these games feel like on the road, especially against good teams in the SEC. And yeah, their their two home losses are just from looking at their schedule. They lost to LSU at home just before going on the road and beating Ole Miss and Texas A&M. So we've seen a team that's not that strong. LSU has been playing better. They gave Florida problems as well in Gainesville. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of the implications of this game, yeah, they, they can't be overstated because as Nick was talking about, from what I'm looking at here, it actually does look like Florida may have the tiebreaker over Kentucky and Auburn. But one way to eliminate all that doubt is just to beat South Carolina and just catapult yourself into third place instead of messing with the teams that are tied for fourth. So, to have that tiebreaker over Auburn, Florida beat Auburn at home. I don't know how the tiebreaker works with Kentucky since they split the season series, but South Carolina, this is the only meeting that Florida and them will have against each other. So if Florida can beat them in this contest, then that gives them the tiebreaker over them. Florida would go up to third, top four, regardless of what happens around them. And we talked on the last podcast about the importance of getting in the top four in the SEC, finishing in that, finishing among the top four teams in the SEC regular season, because then you get that double buy in the SEC tournament, and you get to start in the quarterfinals instead of starting around before, and you only have to win three games to win the SEC tournament instead of having to win four. And even though at this point. The SEC tournament would be a nice resume builder to get some wins in the tournament for Florida, but it's not the end-all, be-all, considering that Florida is a lock for the tournament. So there's some bubble teams like Mississippi State, like even an LSU or Ole Miss has started to, to fall off a little bit. Those are the teams that are really are going to be urgent. The urgency is going to be high for them to win a game in the SEC tournament or two for Florida even though they shouldn't be looking at it as as games that, that don't really matter. Now that Florida is a lock for the tournament, there is definitely some security, and finishing in between five and four wouldn't be the worst thing, but the fact that 
it'd be another game that you don't have to play. You get a, another day of rest and then only have to win three games. Only two games to even get to the SEC title. And if you just win one or two, that's probably another ranked team that's gonna that you're going to be going up against, whether it's the semifinal, corner final, or final. So... Um, yeah, this this South Carolina game absolutely huge in terms of not not contending for the SEC. Florida would have beat Alabama. They probably could have been close, but the the loss against Tennessee is really bogging them down. And Tennessee is look just just from the eye test, Tennessee looks like the best team. They're ranked fourth in the country. Um, but Florida is for sure in the mix. Even with a loss here, they've still got a chance to hang around and get inside the top four with Kentucky and Auburn still tied with them. Yeah, and you look at the biggest contributors from this South Carolina team, it's really an all-around effort. No players averaging over 15 points per game. Their top scorer, Michi Johnson, just averaging 13.8 on the season, and B.J. Mack, who's averaging 13.6 on the season. Those are two guys that have shown they've been capable of, of really exploding in certain games. We know Johnson had 22 in the loss to Auburn, but that was that was a bad loss. Lost by 40 points, 101 to 61. Bad loss for South Carolina. B.J. Mack, however, has shown he's been very capable in the last five. The only hiccup there is six against Texas A&M, but other than that, he scored 17 against Ole Miss, 18 against LSU, 14 against Auburn, and 18 against Vanderbilt so he the senior out of Charlotte North Carolina has shown that he's very capable this is going to be an all-around effort from the South Carolina Gamecocks and it will be important for Florida to show that they can get big wins we've seen that already with the win against Kentucky and the huge win against Auburn but Coop like you said when you get into that tournament if you're looking to make it late you're gonna encounter those high-ranked teams, most of the time, a number one seed has the highest chance to win the tournament. And in the last couple of years, we've seen it happen. UConn won last year in a dominant performance. And if you're Florida, you have to show you're capable of at least contending with any team inside the top five ranked nationally. And we will see it tomorrow. We're going to thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of the Gator Men's Basketball Podcast, and we will see you next week where we'll recap what happened against South Carolina, analyze what happened in the Alabama game on next Tuesday, and look forward to the SEC Tournament and March Madness. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.